Hello, I am your humble host, Ryan Roy, with the Return of the Sith podcast. Today's episode, we're going to be talking about the rise of Skywalker. As of recently, I have seen the movie, and I intend to uh, put my two cents in it before most people get to see it. Um, So yeah, uh, to begin with, I'm going to start with a spoiler-free section uh, and then the majority of this episode is going to be spoilers, so I'll let you guys know when it's time to cut off the uh, cut off the old podcast. But for right now, you can stay tuned in. Don't worry, no spoilers, and I will fix it in editing, so there's no need to worry. Okay, let's begin. The Rise of Skywalker is the third movie in the newest trilogy that is part of the Skywalker Saga, as they call it. This is the follow-up movie to The Last Jedi, which had some, albeit terrible reviews, which some were fanboys, other people had legitimate criticisms with the movie, like myself. One being, there was no lightsaber battle. So, that's just some of the animosity that was going into this movie. There was also people uh, upset after the handling uh, with their theme parks with Galaxy's Edge and how it is basically a storefront for overpriced Star Wars merchandise. So there are a lot of things that are contributing factors to the way people feel about this movie. If you go online at the time of the recording, uh, I believe Rotten Tomatoes has it as a, at a 53%. This is by reviewers. This was before the general public got to review it. So... With all that said, with all of the issues that they had, let's try to talk about it. So this movie, <clears throat> this movie has had many issues during its development, and I think it shows with the way that it was put together. There are scenes that happen that it, I couldn't tell whether or not, or I'm sorry, I couldn't tell what was going on at every single moment. I it was very fast, it felt very jarring, and I felt like I couldn't breathe at all during the movie. It was go 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 and not in a good way. Not like John Wick where when you're watching John Wick, it's very action packed and very action oriented, but it has slower moments to let you breathe so you can enjoy the action packed moments. This movie did not do that. This movie was very, it, well, this is an acting term, it's called, it sucked the air out of the scenes, but this was between scenes, and so that that's just the editing of the movie. Now, I understand that they had a lot of reshoots that they had to deal with, while also trying to repair the damage that people feel Ryan Johnson did to the series, and some people are openly admitting, uh, including Daisy Ridley, John Boyega, uh, Mark Hamill, as well as J.J. Abrams. They all feel that there were some issues with The Last Jedi, and this movie spends a lot of time trying to fix those issues and give the fans what they want. Now, I believe that it is too little, too little, too late for that, because it, it is very blended together it is very packed and at times hard to understand. Me being an acting major, I can I can give something a lot of focus, but this 
this was difficult. This was extremely difficult to stay in time with it, honestly. Now let's get to the plot. Um, the plot has about as much weight... How do I put this? Um, let's use a Star Wars joke. As much weight as a... <laughs> as much weight as a feather being uh, lifted up by Baby Yoda. That's about as much weight as the plot has. It is paper thin. The, this plot is... It's so thin. It You go in and... the I mean, I believe I read a review on it that said it's basically a video game plot. You go and you get your MacGuffin and then you go and go and go until Big Boss and that's it. So, yeah, it's just very... I think that's all I can say without getting into spoilers or anything. So, I think this is where I'm going to call it. I'm going to call it right here, right now. After this moment, we're going to start getting into spoilers. So, I appreciate you guys watching. Uh, please tune in next week as we're going to talk about uh, the first four episodes of The Mandalorian. And, yeah, so thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, stay tuned if you want to listen to the rest of the review with spoilers for The Rise of Skywalker. So, thank you for tuning in, and I hope to see you guys soon. Okay, now that they're gone... We can talk about the rise of Skywalker. The rise of Skywalker. It opens with the crawl as usual. Uh, if you hear papers rustling around, I have written down everything I could, but it was really difficult because there was so much going on. In fact, I forgot a quote-unquote key plot point um, until about halfway down because so much happened in this movie. I feel like this movie was made to try to fix the mistakes Ryan Johnson did, as well as attempt to finish a sequel trilogy in which I believe it did not do. So the crawl starts, and immediately, no fucks given, Palpatine. He's not dead. In in the opening crawl, they meant this is what they bring up in the opening crawl, and it it is absolutely abysmal it, the, there's no dramatics you don't get to hear anything about the rebellion all you hear is it they're trying to build palpatine for this movie which jj abrams said that this was the plan all along that palpatine was going to come back i don't doubt in some capacity that palpatine was supposed to have a hand in this trilogy setting however at the end of the day when ryan johnson killed snoke gave us no context as to who he was or anything he was and left us no villain for the final movie JJ had to figure something out I'm sure maybe Palpatine was supposed to play a minor role as maybe an as a mentor for Snoke I can I can buy that but this he it, they say he was Snoke he even says that I am Snoke. I, I am the voice. He says this to Kylo Ren. He says I am Snoke. I I am the voice of Darth Vader. I'm all these people you've heard in your head, and it's absolutely ridiculous. Um, then we see Kylo Ren on a 
on some planet there's like an orange haze on it it's in the trailer you see him just destroying the inhabitants of this planet and they get a little more graphic with it which i kind of appreciate you get to see the darkness within him which i was really hoping they'd explore even more in this movie you see them messing around or fighting or whatever and then he gets this thing now in the beginning before they said what it was i thought it was a holocron which got me excited i was like we're gonna get some sith lore i was i was thrilled even jj mentioned that there was gonna be stuff from every aspect of star wars there's gonna be clone wars rebels prequels the original trilogy and the sequel trilogy of course everything was going to be in this movie it wasn't a holocron it was a sith wayfinder and then he plugged the wayfinder into a thing this wayfinder is the macguffin that they chase and it just so happens that there are two of them we we find that out later when we first get to see lando so he puts the Wayfinder in his ship, and then he takes his ship over to the planet. I can't even remember the planet's name, honestly, because the planet, the name for the planet was so ridiculous. I understand that these alien planets have alien names. I couldn't even understand the name of this planet. It was, I can't remember the name of the planet. Whatever, I'm going to call it Sith Planet. Planet Sith, that's what it's called. So he goes to Planet Sith, and he meets with Palpatine. He says the whole thing of, I am all the voices you've been hearing, blah, 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 blah. And then he's like, you have my fleet. This is the final order. Bah, 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 bah. And it's just... Ugh. it It's so cartoony. And it's at this moment we get to finally see what Palpatine looks like. You get to see his fingers are all messed up. His eyes are white. He's barely hanging in there and um later we get to see a shot of him his whole bottom half is gone he is floating by this machine that's got him on this is his life support system so after that we see um finn and poe and chewbacca and this alien monster thing i mean it's good effects i i think they use real effects for it it didn't look like it was um animated in there but it was cool looking so we get to see hold on i'm gonna load that down because i have an echo in my headphone uh we get to see them light skipping with the millennium falcon which is a cool idea they go to get information that they're that they've gotten from a excuse me, a spy in the First Order. They go get the information transferred to R2-D2, which finally R2-D2 is getting some action in this movie. He's doing something. And then they have to go chase TIE Fighters, which, albeit, okay, this is a nice buddy-buddy moment. You get to see them kind of grow together, which I can really appreciate. So we see that happen, and then they destroy all the TIE Fighters that are following them, through light skipping, which is where you go in and out of light speed really fast without putting in coordinates, and you can pretty much lose anyone who's trying to follow you. That That's essentially what this scene is meant to do. And then it swings over to Rey, and she's doing a training course set before her by Princess Leia. On this training course, you see one of the training droids that looks similar to what Luke had to do to 
practice the force but it's it's red and she's going through all this and she puts on a helmet the blind her so she can use the force to sense where the blasts are coming from and then she does some flips and stuff I, this is what I believe they mean to serve as um, how do I put this as her training her, her training montage like Luke had back in Empire um, I don't think this cuts it it's it's so shallow and all the stuff she does in this movie it's really shallow for all of that after that they get they get into this bickering this bickering this bickering happens all throughout the movie you see her Poe and Finn just bickering about nonsense the the original the, the original cast didn't bicker they were friends you know they they loved each other and that that's all they had that's even Lando says it so Lando says it best when he's talking to Poe how did you guys do it he says we had each other and these guys don't even seem like they have each other's back they don't trust each other well Finn has this secret which we don't ever find out that he wants to tell to Ray which I'm pretty sure is Ray I love you and he he never gets to say that they they keep that open and they keep secrets from each other it's a it's a whole mess um so then they find out that from the mole that the emperor is back he's alive and he has a fleet called the final order i'm going to call this the cult of palpatine because we'll talk about them later and so ray out of nowhere, Deus Ex Machina look, looks and finds out that this was the last place where Luke had the trail and that she needs to go to Pasana, this is the planet, to go pick up the trail where Luke left off. Basically the end of the first movie. <sighs> and then we go to Pasana, which is where we get to meet Kylo. <clears throat> I'm sorry, we'll get to Kylo in a minute. This is where we first get to meet Lando. Lando's alive, and he he gives us information about the the Sith ship. I'm gonna call it the Sith ship. And so he tells them that they need to go to the Sith ship to get the information that him and Luke were looking for back in the day. So they go to the Sith ship, find the this dagger which doesn't make any sense is the sith dagger and it's got sith encryptions and runes and she hands it to 3po and 3po reads it and says i can't read this <clears throat> in that moment we see this snake looking thing and it it's ready to attack the party so <laughs> the party so ray being the jedi that she is she goes up and she heals the snake now everyone has been calling this girl mary sue from day one this girl has no weaknesses this girl has no faults nothing and the fact that through her training she can do something that luke was never able to do something that 
we have no reason to believe that she could have learned from Leia or Luke or any person in the Force. She heals the snake, and this will come up later, because even, even in the Mandalorian, they do this, and it's it's infuriating. It's infuriating. This is a, this is a Jedi power, which is absolutely absurd for her to have. She she's already overpowered and does some ridiculous stuff. So this is also where her first run-in with Kylo Ren happens, and they're trying to get this passenger ship that has Chewbacca because Chewbacca has been captured in this moment. And they're fighting over the ship, and you see lightning come out of her hands. Now, I was really excited when I saw that. I was like, yes, finally, they're going to do something interesting. You know, she's get, she gets to play with the dark side a little bit. I was thrilled from infinity to beyond. Now, they, they don't play with that really at all. Finn, there, there's a couple throwaway lines where Finn's like, this isn't you, I know you. And then they, they don't really touch it at all. They, they don't do anything with it. So they take her to the, what I'm going to call the Thieves' Den, because there was so much going on, I couldn't even get the name of this damn planet. And they go to get 3PO's memory erased, because he has the the data for where this hidden planet is to find this Sith artifact and his programming won't let him say it so he has to go get his memory erased so that he can say it and then be a fresh new droid which is such a pain because then he come, tries to do all these jokes until he gets to see R2 and then his memory gets wiped back to before Force Awakens and ugh, it's such a pain we find out that the planet is the planet is Endor. Why why didn't they think to go to Endor first? That was literally the last place you know the emperor was. Why didn't you think to go to Endor to get your stuff the stuff you need? Ugh, it's such a pain. Anyway, so they get off this planet and they go to Endor and on Endor they crash the Millennium Falcon and they go and you see the trailer shot where you get to see the the Death Star crashed on the Endor Sea. And they're like, well, we can't do anything about this. And behind them, you see these people on these horse-like animal creatures. And you see this girl. And she's talking to them. And they're everyone's kind of standoffish. And then they're like, we can help, we have a few parts, if you give us a little bit of time when the chop goes down, we can go sail together. Understandably. But Ray's like, no, I have to do this now. And she gets in this trance thing, and that's when you have Finn confronting her. Um, and then she goes off on her own and pisses everyone off. And... Um, Finn talks to this girl some more and finds out they were all clone troopers as well. And you get a, I mean, it's a nice little moment. You see some character development, which I can appreciate. Um, and once, okay, 
So they talk about them being previously First Order and them not wanting to do that and do something good. You know, so anyway, Ray gets to the, the Death Star and we see her go into the throne room and then she goes into what's considered Emperor Palpatine's vault. Well, in the vault, she finds the, the other wayfinder, the MacGuffin of the movie, and she has it, and she's confronted by Dark Ray with a double-bladed lightsaber, which is what I was really excited about. This is a missed opportunity to play with the dark side. I was, I was so excited for some dark side. <laughs> Uh, it's it's a 15 second fight where she gets thrown out of the room and Kylo Ren shows up picks up the Wayfinder crushes it and the most boring part of the movie happens they have a lightsaber fight they have a lightsaber battle and it's the most boring part of the movie nothing interesting about this lightsaber fight. I was hoping they'd do something cool, like look, I have the high ground or maybe make some nod to one of the older movies or something. No. Nothing. They're just fighting and then the big wave comes by so they jump behind it so they can try to hide or whatever but then the other one follows and the fight continues. This goes on for like 10 or 15 minutes. And then Ray gets Kylo while Kylo is getting a message from Leia. Leia is putting everything she has to like astral project or something to him. And then at the last minute she transmits to Ray, but it's too late. Ray stabs him with his own lightsaber. Usually this is fatal. This is what killed Qui-Gon Jinn and a few other Jedi. <clears throat> well, um, she uses the healing power again. I just, I just don't even know what to say anymore. Um, in my notes, Chewie abducted Ray with Force Lightning. I already mentioned that. Okay, and so after she heals him, she takes his ship, and she goes to the planet that Luke was on. But, in the meantime, Ben is kind of scrambling to figure out what he's going to do when he sees Han Solo appear behind him. He sees Han Solo, and they have a nice little touching moment, but again, this is another missed opportunity. They had Hayden Christensen for this movie. They got him to do a voice line later, which I'll talk about. Another missed opportunity. And in this moment, they had Han do it. But think about it. What if they had Hayden Christensen talking to him about his experiences Vader and how he shouldn't do that and how he, Luke talked to him and made him a better person, made him want to sacrifice himself and kill the Emperor? That would have been such a better moment, but no, they got Han. I understand why they went with Han, because Han's his father, 
and I'm I'm 95% sure Hayden Christensen was very upset after the prequels and they don't he didn't want anything to do with Star Wars. He already had <laughs> he already got his shit for the prequels. I don't think he wanted more shit for the sequels. So I understand. Um yeah, Ben and Han, Miss Opportunity, Leia's Sacrifice. Um, I miss the mole scene. The mole scene is where they free Chewbacca from the ship. This is completely prior. This is on the Thieves' Den. This is how scatterbrained the movie makes you. Um, in this moment, uh, General Hux. General Hux frees our protagonist and is like, I don't care if you and I just don't want Kylo Ren to win. And I don't, I, I didn't care. And then this guy who's basically in the cult of Palpatine is like, oh, really? Pew! Kills, kills General Hux in the most dissatisfying way. And he says, I found the, uh, found the spy. Tell Palpatine you found the spy. I was uh, mole scene cutting down. Oh, this is another issue in the movie. On the pl on the spaceship. This is before we get to Luke on his planet. With with the mole scene before it, they were cutting down stormtroopers left and right. And this this contributes to the pacing problem, which I talked about previously. Um. And this really contributes to a pacing problem, which is, which is prevalent throughout the whole movie. It, it's go 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 go, and it, you don't get a chance to breathe. It's, it's awful. They're cutting down stormtroopers. There's just no tension, in this part at all. They, they had, the possibility, and already Poe gets shot, in the arm, while this is happening. So they could have had more tension because he's already hurt. It, it's just frustrating. Um, then I have Knights of Ren are a joke. We can get to that later. Uh, what the fuck, Luke? In this what the fuck moment, Luke pretty much... <laughs> Ray lands on his planet. It's like, I understand now. You know, this is awful. We don't need this. Da 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 da. I'm just gonna stay here and let the universe burn. Which is almost worse than Luke Skywalker's thing the last Jedi but Luke is like no 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 no, no. a lot a uh, Jedi should never throw away their lightsaber it, <laughs> literally a movie ago Luke tossed it over his shoulder like it was a piece of garbage Wait, so Luke has no room to talk um, yeah and then Luke is like here is the you're gonna need this and he hands him the lightsaber that he was training Leia with but Leia didn't want to finish her training because she had a vision that Kylo Ren would be sitting on the throne with Palpatine or the dark side or whatever so she gave it up and now Rey has both Leia and Luke's lightsaber well uh, we continue with this and we go into Palpatine's home planet with all the Star Destroyers they start firing up after she beams the signal on how to get to this the Sith planet, planet Sith, with um, her tracking beacon Red 5, which is Luke's ship, which Luke gives her. He shows her the way with the star map or whatever, or not the star map, the Sith Wayfinder. They get there, 
and so now Poe, being general, flies with the rest of the people and goes to the Sith planet. There they see all the Star Destroyers, they do their initial plan, that doesn't work out. So they decide to hit the other comlink that supposedly sends them out of orbit, and they land on the planet and you get the trailer shot of them taking the space horses to go destroy the beacon or whatever. So that goes on. Meanwhile, Rey goes to the throne, the Sith throne, and she sees a giant audience encouraging her, da-da-da-da-da. And that goes on. Palpatine comes in. You see him floating for the first time, all sick and decrepit. And he's like, join me. Cut me down. A thousand generation of Sith live within me. Join me. Be me. I shall imbue you with all my power. Blah, blah, blah. Evil, evil, evil. <sighs> and so Ray's like, okay, da-da-da-da-da. At this moment, Kylo Ren has taken a TIE Fighter, which has been in canon. TIE Fighters cannot hyper, uh, cannot jump to hyperspace. So how the hell did he manage to take an ordinary TIE Fighter, not a First Order TIE Fighter, a regular TIE Fighter from the last war? How did he take it to this planet? I call bullshit. He takes a TIE Fighter and he goes to save Rey with just nothing but a blaster. Uh, and he gets stopped by the Knights of Ren, which he just uses force powers on and absolutely obliterates. And then, um, this is a, this is a good moment in the movie. Then Ray's like, okay, and she puts the lightsaber behind her back, and then, then Kylo Ren grabs it, and then just starts wrecking down. You even, I don't know if this was in my theater or in the movie, but I heard a clap. <laughs> I heard a clap when the lightsaber got handed off to him. And he he even acknowledges, he's like, thank you. <laughs> and so he just mows down all the Knights of Ren and comes in to help Rey fight Palpatine. And Palpatine's like, fine, if you won't strike me down, then I shall take both of your lives. Da -da -da -da. I'll drain you of your life force. And he sucks the life out of them, and he returns to what he looked like at the end of... Uh, Empire and you see him and he's like don't you worry I'll take care of them myself and right after that he throws Kylo Ren into an abyss well obviously a bit places that have a never-ending end are manageable to come back from so we'll talk about that in just a second meanwhile Ray gets a, a pep talk from a thousand generations you and JJ mentioned that you know everything was going to be mentioned and I believe everything is mentioned you get to hear Yoda you get to hear um, Hayden Christensen you get to hear a bunch of other people Luke Leia I think Han's in there too um, yeah you get to hear a bunch of people say the force is with you always or whatever a thousand something like that I feel it would have been more powerful if we got to see the faces of those people 
And this way you can identify who's saying what because it happened so quick. Another issue with this movie that it you couldn't tell who was saying what except for people with distinct voices like Yoda, Luke, and Leia because we'd already heard them prior in the movie and Yoda is so iconic. The only reason I could pick out Hayden Christensen was because I'd the sand monologue is stuck in my head. So no need to worry about me hearing stuff. And so um, Palpatine emits a giant beam of electricity to destroy the rebellion and send them to the ground. And the moment he sees Rey step up, he hits her with force lightning like Mace Windu, and she blocks it with her lightsaber. How the fuck did she know how to do that? I don't know. Um, and then she's like, no, it's your turn to end. She forces uh, Luke's lightsaber to come to her, crosses it with Leia's, and goes and sends a lightning back at him and completely destroys him. And Ben comes up, and Ben is dead. Or no, and Ray is dead. So Ben comes up, revives her, kisses her, falls to the ground, and then disappears. We get a wonderful happy-go-lucky moment where we see uh, Ray leading the rebellion with the Millennium Falcon and all the other ships that survived. And they go back to the de- the jungle planet, which I don't remember the name of because probably not important. Didn't care enough to remember the name of the planet. And then we get to see them have their touching scene where they smile and stuff. And another, a nice little wink-wink, nudge-nudge was uh, Maz Kanata. She hands Chewbacca a medal and she says, you deserve this. Because if you remember correctly, in uh, A New Hope, at the end of the movie, everyone gets a medal except for Chewbacca. So Chewbacca finally got his medal. It only took him six films, seven, seven films, but he got his medal. And then the final scene of the movie... Ray goes to Tatooine where it all started. She goes to Tatooine. She finds Luke's house. And she looks around, see where he lived, was born and raised. And she takes Luke's lightsaber, Leia's lightsaber, folds him up, buries him in the ground, and says, or she doesn't say it, but in her face you can see her thinking, okay, that's it. Then she pulls out her lightsaber, which looks to be made of her staff, and it's yellow, which is new, because only prior to this were Jedi Temple Guards have yellow lightsabers. Hers is a yellow lightsaber now. She pulls out her yellow lightsaber, and someone says, Who are you? And she says, I'm Rey. Rey Skywalker. When it's already been established that she's a Palpatine, she's not a Skywalker. And this is another missed opportunity. So many missed opportunities in this movie. In this missed opportunity... You see Leia and Luke as Force ghosts cheering her on as she says, Ray Skywalker. Well, why didn't they have Ben being like, it's okay. You know, I I changed. I gave my life for you. You know, I'm I'm good now. Why why didn't they have him? Why didn't they have Anakin? Why didn't they have Yoda? Why didn't they have Obi-Wan? Oh, so many people. They couldn't pull footage from, like... Return of the Jedi. uh, All in all, this movie was very packed. I feel like they did two things in this movie 
this could have been two movies easily. The first movie completely undoing and building the rebellion while we get hints of what Palpatine was doing. Where we get hints of what Kylo Ren's up to as he goes to track down what's going on, where... And then another movie where we get to see the defeat of Palpatine and the destruction of the Final Order, the cult of Palpatine, whatever the hell you want to call it. All in all, at the end of the day, Star Wars is no longer the same. There's a glint of hope. There is a glint of hope. Uh, This is spoilers for a couple of my next episodes, but when we look... When we look at the movie... Or, I'm sorry, the TV show Mandalorian... There's a glint of hope there. There's a glint of hope. So I want to thank you guys so much for listening. I know this is a bit longer of an episode. I think it's about five minutes longer. I think I spent 30 minutes talking about uh, the rise of Skywalker. She's she's not a Skywalker. She's a Palpatine. She's the granddaughter of Palpatine. The, the whole movie was completely undoing what Ryan Johnson did. They, they needed two movies. One movie to undo it and another to finish the story. But they had to make it a trilogy. They couldn't make it four. So, whatever. Um, would I say go see it? Yeah. Go see it if you don't have anything to do. Um, I'm, I'm just disappointed. I, I'm just disappointed. I'd... I'd hoped for more. I'd hoped for a little bit of subversion instead of just hearing what we thought would happen where there's a happy ending. There there were no stakes. There was nothing that made me feel like anything... Nothing really mattered in this movie. Once we got to the whole Chewbacca's not dead, I was like, oh, they're they're not going to risk killing off any more people uh, of importance you know Kylo Ren yeah but that's whatever I didn't even mention Poe's love interest Carrie Russell or whatever her name I don't know I give it uh, four stars out of ten or four out of ten forty percent point four whatever you want to call it Eh. I mean the movie has its moments and it I enjoyed some of the fan service but I eh, 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 that's the best I can give it an eh. It's not like I'm even like super tired. I'm recording this at 11:53 at night. I just I don't care. I don't really care that it's over. You know, I'm going to care that Mandalorian's over. I'm really upset about Mandalorian. Oh my god, I could go on forever about how upset I am about Mandalorian. But this, this I don't care about. So, I want to thank you guys for listening. Thank you for sticking with me through this long rant review type thing. As I pretty much just summarized what the movie was about. And gave my opinion on a few scenes. Um... I hope you guys can't wait for the next episode. I think I'm going to be releasing it, not next week, but the week after. And thank you for sticking in there with me because I know I haven't actually produced an episode since, like, October. So this is my first episode since then, and it's longer than most. So thank you so much. Watch, subscribe, and I hope you enjoy your day. Goodbye.